Well, hello there and good morning, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Livestream Sunday School for Akron Alliance Fellowship Church in Akron, Ohio, and for anyone else who wants to join us in the morning. Thanks for being here today. My name is Melvin Gaines. We're going to get started with a little bit of music to uh, allow people to join us, knowing that it's 930. And we will be playing the Chicago Mass Choir song, Jesus Promised. So here it comes, and uh, thanks for being here again this morning. God bless you all. Hey, Roscoe, good morning. How you doing? What's up, Marnell and Nate? Good morning. Larry and Ann, good morning. How are you? sunshine is indoors today. It's not outside. <laughs> That's for sure. And the sunshine and a cup of coffee too. meds today. There's mold in the air according to my notification. That's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> That's a big choir. souls are protected. Hi, good morning, Ronnie. Everybody. 
There's more. Hey, Cindy, good morning. Thanks for being here. I think some of us are still waking up. <laughs> Amen. There was another a time in my life when I could have just laid down on the floor somewhere and just went right to sleep, which meant I was just tired all the time. A little bit better than that now. <laughs> Amen. All right, that was the Chicago Mass Choir and Jesus Promise. Um, thank you for being here this morning. Thank you, Arlen, um, for the musical selection, as always. It's one of our, that's one of our hits that we like to play. Uh, we've been doing this for so long now, we remember songs we played before. We say, that's a, that's a special song. That's a hit from the blast from the past. Amen. Needed it. We needed it. Yes, we do. We needed it for sure. Uh, we need it all the time, really, but we really need it this morning. Um, let's cover some announcements. First of all, a praise uh, to the Lord for Greg's wife, uh, Carolyn, who uh, is recovering. And he made the action, for those who didn't hear, he, is, uh, he made the uh, announcement on our little multi-channel uh, broadcast here when we text everybody and they get all the same information. Um, so he um, was reporting good news that Carolyn is recovering, a little sore, a little tired. But she is recovering and doing well, doing okay. So we are very thankful to the Lord for providing healing. And she is extending um, and also thanking the rest of the church as well, too, for our prayers and support. We appreciate um, It's wonderful how well we can communicate now as a church. It's amazing. After the um, pandemic started, we've been communicating as well as we've ever communicated as a church in our lives. And I think it's fantastic that we're doing that. We give a nod to technology for that, but we are just very thankful that we can get the word out as quickly as we can. And um, <clears throat> we appreciate Brother Roscoe as, for, as well for passing on information about prayer yesterday for that purpose. So, amen. amen. That's It's always good to do that. We are, prayer is so powerful. We always don't ever want to uh, forget that. After everything else is done, prayer is the most important thing. Um, Pastor Gus will be preaching today. The... Uh, there will be a message available on our timeline after Sunday school for those of you who are not in Akron or not able to come to church. Uh, Trusting in God alone is the name of the message. It's continuing in his theme <clears throat> about the soul, but it will be on the timeline available um, uh, after Sunday school. So stay on the timeline for those of you who are not able to go to church or go to, to uh, or able or not in town for that matter to uh, be able to watch that and look at it. Uh, it's about an hour's worth of time where he just kind of takes the time and goes through the word. And we're just very thankful to have the ability to do this once again. It can be it can be tough sometimes when you've got a busy schedule and you've got to put together a message like that. And you're basically doing two messages uh, in one week uh, it, it, as far as a comparative goes. But we want to make sure that everyone gets exposed to the word and it has availability to the word. Um, and we want to make sure that we don't make any excuses about it either. We don't make any bones about it. We want to make sure it gets done, and we want to make sure that you're exposed to it and that in tune, in turn you are in tune to what God is saying to you during the entire process. Please remember your tithes and offerings. We uh, rely upon those as a church to be able to function and be able to do what we're doing. Um, the tithes and offerings, if you are mailing them, can go to Akron Alliance Fellowship, 688 Diagonal Road, Akron, Ohio, 44320. Uh, they will be, of course, if you're coming to church, just drop them in the drop box on the way into church as well, too. And we just thank you again for your support and remembering to uh, provide the tithes and offerings each week. And those are very important. Okay, that covers the business at hand. We want to get into the topic of the day, and that is going to be talking about the superiority of faith and a call to persevere. And we're in a different section of Hebrews chapter 10. We're going to be covering Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 through 25 today. And the reason why we're doing that, I went over this and I was debating covering going all the way to verse 31, but there's two different themes within this section, so I'm going to break it up into two different themes for different lessons. Uh, verses 19 through 25 covers one theme, 
and 26 through 31, which we'll be doing next week, we'll cover a second theme, which is a little bit more uh, pointed, and it's, it's going to be uh, important to cover that and do it on its own merit without having to kind of mix the two together. But we're going to be talking about the superiority of faith, a call to persevere, and recognizing that we have a full assurance of faith uh, because of our faith in Jesus Christ. There's a full assurance. And we, we'll go over that, uh, that whole uh, process of what that really means and what that represents. But what you should be getting out of this Sunday school class right now and the Sunday school lessons, if you can detect what's going on here in Hebrews, we're talking about teaching people about a new way of doing things, a new way of looking at life where they are just not used to it and they're just trying to get accustomed to it. We're talking about the Hebrew Christians who were used to doing things the old way with the old covenant, and now we have a new covenant. And so we're now going to look at this from the standpoint of how we went over previously about how Jesus was high priest, and now we're going to talk about what that represents and what that really means when we talk about faith. So with that in mind, I'm uh, very thankful to be here this morning. Um, my lovely bride is here with me uh, on as a, a riding sidecar with me, and uh, she's <laughs> doing her thing uh, to recognize people online as well, too. And as well, good morning, Roscoe, and good morning, Cindy. Thanks for being here again. We will um, go ahead and move into this lesson, Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 through 25. So let's go ahead and look to the Lord with a word of prayer, and we're going to go ahead and get started. Father, we just thank you for this time you've set aside for us to just truly look at what you have to say, what your word is, and we thank you for the presence of the Holy Spirit, and we thank you for the reassurance and the assurance that where we are gathered, whether it be in person or electronically, here online, you are with us anyway. And we thank you for that assurance, because we recognize and feel your very presence. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in our lives. Thank you for how you have allowed us to persevere, how you've strengthened us, how you've allowed us to be steadfast, how you've allowed us to just truly look to you and say, Lord, thank you for all that you're doing and all that you continue to do. You have recognized how this world has suddenly turned in such a way where there is great opposition to your teaching. There's great opposition to what you would have us to know and understand. But Lord, because you have strengthened us and you have encouraged us, you have made us steadfast. You have allowed us to stay firm in our faith. We pray that that continues, Lord, no matter how much the enemy turns up the heat, that we will not betray you or we will not forget about you or we will not uh, disregard your teachings. We thank you for reminding us of the importance of being obedient to your word and focusing on your word, no matter what's going on. During those anxious moments, we just thank you, Lord, for helping us through those things. Lord, we ask that you bless us now as a people. Bless us as a church. Bless us and keep us and allow us to persevere. And we give you praise and thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen, everybody. Turn your Bibles and electronic devices to Hebrews chapter 10. Oh, it's on the timeline. Good. Hebrews 10, verses 19 through 25. Uh, Hebrews 10, verses 19 through 25. I'm going to read through those verses. Seven verses, but they're uh, action-packed. I'm just going to tell you that right now. We've, we've, we're moving and transitioning over now to a place where we're not talking about so much the Old Covenant and New Covenant anymore. We're now talking about, and we are recognizing that uh, of course, Jesus is the high priest, and this is the follow-up to all of this, to the people who are the audience of this particular letter, the Hebrews. So let's start with verse 19 and read through. This is the New Living Translation. Uh, let's go ahead and do this. Verse 19, Hebrews 10. And so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. By his death, Jesus opened a new and life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. Verse 21, and since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him. For our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean. And our bodies have been washed with pure water. Verse 23, let us hold tightly 
without wavering to the hope we affirm. For God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And then verse 25, and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Amen to that. And amen again. That's Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 through 25. Let's go over these and kind of dissect this a little bit more with greater detail as to what uh, is expected uh, for us to understand here as we look at this. Now, remember, we are following up from where, we, where all the conversation was taking place about what Jesus Christ had done. And the comparison was being made between the old priests and Jesus, our high priest, and how one priest once a year enters the most holy place during the Day of Atonement. So this is kind of carrying that discussion further. Back to verse 19, Hebrews 10. And so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. Now, that is something that uh, we recognize that is a total change from what the Jewish Christians were aware of, where the Jews were aware of. Only one person once a year could enter that most holy place in the temple, the inner, most inner room, and that was the high priest. And that was the, the only time it ever occurred for all the entire year. But now, because of what Jesus had done, we can enter Evan's, heaven's most holy place, using that same analogy. The most holy place in heaven would have to be what? Where Jesus resides, where he is, where, where God resides. That's exactly what we're talking about. And it's because of the sacrifice, the blood of Jesus Christ. The most holy place in the temple was sealed from view by a curtain. And we just kind of saw that, and we've read that before. And we'll look at that again really quick. Only the high priest could enter this holy room, and he did so once a year. When he offered the sacrifice for the nation's sins. But Jesus' death removed the curtain. Remember, the curtain was torn in two. That's one of the accounts in Scripture that we have when Jesus uh, expired on the cross. The curtain was torn in two at that very moment because his blood was shed and it had atoned for all of us at that particular time. So timing is everything. When we look at why things happen the way they do in Scripture, we have to understand that the atoning blood of Christ was the reason why we now could enter into that most holy place, symbolically, of course. Um, the temple was only for one, but now it was for everyone who believed in Jesus Christ. Jesus' death removed the curtain. All believers may walk into God's presence at any time. Quick note, I'm going to jump back real quick. Turn your Bibles to Hebrews 6, verses 19 and 20. Hebrews 6, verses 19 and 20. I want you to uh, take a look at this particular passage. Of course, we covered this a few weeks ago, but it just is a reminder about how God has promised us that this most holy place that is available for us will be ours. It will be ours. We will have this most holy place because we believe in Jesus as our personal Lord and Savior. It was his blood that atoned for our sins. The question always comes up, why, is it, why does it have to be about Jesus' blood? Well, blood had to be shed. His blood, his innocent blood for that matter, had to be shed for the atonement of sins. The entire picture of the Old Testament. It's the entire picture. That's exactly right. It's in the entire picture of the whole t Old Testament because of the animal sacrifices. What was taking place? Bloodshed. Blood was being shed by the animals. Uh, the sacrifices were made on the altar uh, for the uh, purpose of giving to God those issues of sins, and that blood was to atone for it. Verse six, uh, verses 19 and 20. Oh, and it reminds me, too, what had to happen to Adam and Eve's sin? There had to be a shedding of blood because of the animal furs, the animal skins that they had to wear now because they could no longer walk around naked. Even in that action alone, it shows you the importance of bloodshed for the purpose of atonement of sin. This is, it's, it is symbolic, of course, from the standpoint of how we represent, it represents us today. But we need to see the picture of how that transitions from the old covenant to the new covenant. Jesus paid, this, paid for our sins once and for all time. Verse 19 in Hebrews 6. We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain 
where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf, having become a high priest forever after the, after the order of Melchizedek. There's that name again, the high priest. We have said several times in our studies about how Jesus represents um, the representation of Jesus Christ in Scripture that we look to, uh, that Abraham looked to, uh, was Melchizedek. And that's what we need to recognize, that uh, he is the high priest who has, uh, there's no lineage for Melchizedek. And we have to recognize that, that because of that, and because Scripture gives emphasis to that, that's representation of Jesus Christ. That's the manifestation of Jesus Christ in that encounter that he had with Abraham. Okay, so, but we see how Jesus' death atoned for our sin once and for all. Now, go to verse 20 in Hebrews 10. By his death, Jesus opened a new and life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place, through the curtain. So that curtain, again, is, has been removed forever. It's, it's, it's open. We don't have to worry about intermediaries going on behalf of us before the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the other thing we need to teach here and make sure it's recognized as well, too. Our Catholic brothers and sisters still go through this thing called confession, but they really don't need to go through confession based upon what's being taught right here in Scripture. We just go directly to Jesus Christ. And so we need to encourage those to, to focus on Jesus Christ here as a focus, not on rituals, not on just doing things for the sake of doing them. See, sometimes we have to understand that people have been raised much of their lives to do certain things the way they are taught. And sometimes they do them because they don't, they don't necessarily understand why they do them, but they just know they should do them. Well, I'm going to be here to challenge everyone here online and all believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. Pray for our brothers and sisters who may have a, a, a religious following, a way of doing things, but that they break through all this ritualistic stuff. And that includes uh, other churches as well, too. All kinds of churches are, are responsible for this as well, too. Less ritual, more about Jesus. Looking to Jesus Christ as the the true way, the true truth in the life. If we have Jesus as the way, truth, and the life, we don't need intermediaries. And that's what we have to recognize here. There's no need for intermediaries if we have Jesus Christ going before us. Let me read verse 20 again uh, in Hebrews 10. By his death, Jesus opened a new and life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. There's no need for intermediaries. There's no need for following rituals. There's no need for doing things where they were being done before, um, rituals are more often man-made than they are something coming from the Lord. When it's coming from the Lord, it's about a, a factor of obedience because he asked us to do that. But we remember now, the old covenant is no longer in effect. It's the new covenant. So those old way of doing things were no longer in effect here. And the Hebrews had to learn this as well, too. The new way is the way to do things. And that's what we recognize here. Let's go to Hebrews 10.21. And since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him, for our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean, and our bodies have been washed with pure water. Now, what's the pure water? Well, Jesus mentions about how he is the one who is the uh, the living word, and he's the, he is the water. He is the one that quenches us and quenches our thirst for him. And so he's used those different analogies in Scripture, and he has referenced them himself to make sure we understand that it's all about who Jesus is and what Jesus has done for us. It's not about anything we've done. It's all about what Jesus has done. No question about that. None whatsoever. Um, and so... Let's ask the question, how is it possible for us to go right into the presence of God? How is it possible? And we don't come half-heartedly. We don't go with improper motives. We don't go with a pretense. We just go. We go with purity. We go with uh, as ourselves, and we want to go and be sincere in our worship. Jesus has assured us, because of what he's done for us on the cross, we can go directly to him in all sincerity, we, we don't put on airs. 
you know, what, what people do in many ways, even in church life, is that we'll put on airs and we'll make ourselves um, feel before others that we are indeed, we do have it all together, okay? Um, that we, we, we have uh, lived in such a way where we probably aren't doing what we should be doing, but we, we can put on a, a face, <laughs> whatever that face was. That was a crazy face. Uh, but we'll put on a face uh, that is truly not the way we are being reflected. Um, when we go directly to Jesus Christ, we don't need to do any of that stuff. And many times we have to finally be on our knees. We have to be prostrate on the floor when we go before Jesus. When we look to him, uh, we don't do so with rituals. We don't do so with any other expectation. We want to make sure that our motives are pure. We have the right way of going about it. We don't need to put on airs before Jesus Christ. We just go as we are. And we do so with sincere hearts. If we look at his word, what does his word say? Hebrews, go to Hebrews 4. This is back in Hebrews again. We're, we're going back over some things. And what you'll notice here is that a lot of the things that are being said here in the text are just reinforcement of what we've already learned. And it's already what the Hebrews have learned too. Why do we go back and why do we pay so much attention to what God's word is? Hebrews 4.12 reminds us, it says, For the word of God is living and active. This is in the English Standard Version. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. God already knows through the power of the Holy Spirit what your heart is reflecting. And when you go to him, he already knows where you're coming from, but he still wants you to go to him anyway. He still wants you to give that to him and show that to him because he also knows that you can hold back things as well. So he wants you to come to go to him with a sincere heart and recognize those very things that have been ailing you, that are bothering you, that sin that you're carrying. He wants you to take that directly to him and ask for forgiveness. And we're going to go with sincere hearts if we're evaluating according to his word, as it says here in Hebrews 4.12. Christians can approach God boldly, free from our guilty consciences. And, and let's face it, we've, we can be guilty in many ways. Every day we can find something to be guilty about. Uh, if we really uh, think about it really uh, long and hard, we, we, we want to abstain from sin, but in many cases we still sin anyway. And sometimes we do so without even thinking about it because for some of us it's just second nature. We do that and we have to recognize that. But we need to recognize that we can go to Christ boldly because of his work on the cross. He forgives us of our sin. Just take your sin to him. Ask for forgiveness. Ask for repentance to turn away from that sin. One thing that the Holy Spirit does teach us is that when we do sin, he gives us energy and strength to be able to resist doing it again. And that's what we need to recognize as well, too. Is it perfect? Uh, his his ways are perfect. We are the ones who are imperfect. But his way is always perfect. So we need to recognize that we ask those questions. Well, it, why doesn't he help us to stop sinning altogether? Well, because you have free will. That's your choice. That's the beauty of this whole thing. You know, those things that we have to secure that we don't understand have to come through faith. Faith is what has to take place in our lives. When we talk about uh, making sure that we're going to the Lord and that he... Our full assurance of faith helps us to be recognize that it is the one thing that is superior here. It's our faith that helps us to make us to recognize, to go directly to Jesus. We can go to God without doubting, knowing that he'll hear us and answer us. Do you have that assurance? Because he absolutely does hear you, and he absolutely does uh, answer your prayers. The new covenant dictates this. He's going to... Cleanse us completely. Our hearts are clean, are cleansed. Our consciences are cleansed, uh, and they're not. It's not a temporary thing like what was happening when the blood sacrifices were taking place on the altar with the animals in the Old Testament, the Old Covenant. Uh, the temporary thing is no longer in effect. It's a permanent thing. You're forever covered, in spite of your sin, because of what Jesus has done for you on the cross. Because you believe in his power. You believe in what he has done for you. So your soul is covered. It still maintains, though, that you need to go to him 
uh, and take these, uh, this matter of your conscience to him and allow him to work in your life. That's what's important for us to see here. And we can enter his presence with boldness. We've been washed pure with water. There are actual pictures of an inward cleansing of our bodies, not just washing our bodies as if there's dirt on them. And let's face it, there, there are times when you just feel like, ugh, I'm feeling really grubby. I need to take a shower. I just need to get cleaned up because you can just tell, you know, there's, um, you know, your skin gives off oils. You, you get dirty every day. You don't, it's not as visible, but it's there. And when you take a shower and you wash yourself, you recognize that it's, it, you are, you, yeah, you were really dirty. You didn't, you didn't really realize it. Well, this inward washing takes place because of what Jesus Christ has done for us, this inward washing. And that inward washing has to do with cleansing our hearts, cleansing our consciences. Baptism is our outward sign of giving our life and dedicating to Christ. There's a, there's a washing of water over our bodies that shows a symbolic washing. Uh, that means that you are just dedicating your life and, and living for Jesus Christ. Um, I, I was so pleased to be able to participate in Anna's baptism earlier this year. It's a, it's a wonderful testimony for people to see when someone dedicates their life to Jesus Christ. And that outward sign is basically a, symbol, a symbolism of the purification that Jesus Christ does for all of us on the inside. Because we have to make that personal declaration to acknowledge Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And it takes place at that time when we recognize who he is. But now we're showing other people that there is a washing that takes place as well, too. That cleansing of sin that Jesus does for us allows us to do what? Approach God. We don't need an intermediary anymore. We don't need anybody else to go on our behalf. Amen and amen to that. Okay. So now let's go to verse 23. Back at Hebrews 10, verse 23. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. Huh. God can be trusted to keep his promise. Do you believe that Jesus Christ has kept every promise he's ever made and is going to keep every promise that he's ever made? That's a, that's a stopping point. We're still trying to grow and learn more about Jesus Christ, but we recognize that in a world today where we're seeing all kinds of turmoil, Jesus is still going to keep all of his promises when it comes to protecting our very souls. Now, our lives are, when we live here, we have to recognize that God gives us the ability to live for him for as long as he deems necessary. And that's going to be for a time. A time, times, and a time. I think I've, I've heard it being said that way before. I might not be saying it right, but that's, that's kind of right. Yeah. It, it, but there's a time when we're not going to be here. But when we leave here, our souls are protected. And we need to recognize that that is the most important thing out of everything that we've learned about who Jesus Christ is. Because we know that we're going to live for a time and then we're going to die. I mean, there have been people around us who have died, um, some rather suddenly, some... Um, slowly because of cancer or whatever and they and they no longer are here and we remember their lives uh, based upon what we know of them but we also recognize that that's going to happen to us too uh, it's we're going to be following suit but jesus has taken care of our very souls he can be trusted to keep his promise let me read verse 23 again hebrews 10:23 let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. That may be the verse of the day when it comes to faith and when it comes to hanging on to what we know and understand about God and his truth, his word, and how he indeed keeps his promises. And that's really a very important thing for us to see. Um, and we need to encourage each other. Look at verse 24 real quick. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And so we recognize that these things are, are all part of how we as believers are to live. Knowing what we know about Jesus Christ, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. In other words, we want to encourage everyone to go out and speak the truth, speak the love of Christ, 
no matter who you come in contact with, whether whatever their lifestyle is, whatever they're doing, you're going to speak the love of Christ through your words and actions. It doesn't matter what they believe. We want to encourage the truth about Jesus Christ to be spread to everyone. And that's so important today. We are, are really, really, it's really, really important for us to do those very things. We want to encourage each other to go to and not just settle for things that are worldly in nature to celebrate, but now celebrate Jesus Christ. Celebrate his very presence in our lives. Celebrate and persevere in doing so. And we have to understand that we are celebrating Jesus Christ because we have these great privileges because of our life in Jesus Christ. He has done so many wonderful things for us. And not the least of these is that we have personal access to him. We can go directly to him. We recognize that because we just read that in Hebrews 10.22. We have access to go to him without having to go through a system, without having to go through other people. We just go directly to Jesus Christ. That's the kind of relationship that we have, and that's the way we need to live in such a way where we show people, yes, I speak to Jesus Christ daily. I, I, I have communication with him through the power of the Spirit. He communicates with me through the Spirit daily. We have the indwelling presence of the Spirit to help us to keep our consciences clean before him. To move in such a way where he forgives our sin as we move about on a daily basis. And that's what we have. It's a powerful, wonderful thing that we have. Remember, the, the Jews didn't have that. They're learning about this, all of this now. They didn't have that ability. They had to carry their guilty consciences around for them for days and months because of this whole thing about the, the Day of Atonement, getting all of it off of their chest and taking care of it at that one point. But they still had to allow for the high priest to do it for them. We don't have that. We don't need that. And that's some, a good reason to be very thankful for that. And we live in such a way where we hold tightly and, and with this hope we affirm in such a way where we grow in faith. We overcome doubts. We overcome questions. It's perfectly normal for believers to have questions. You should be asking questions because if you're asking questions, this is how Jesus can provide answers through the power of the Spirit. No one gets all of this down pat right away. Even the most scholarly people in, in the Bible, people who are very scholarly, the people that we may see on TV, the people that we read about or hear about, um, they don't have it down pat. They still have to study. They're still living life as you and, and you and me are. We're still living in such a way where we recognize that, indeed, we still don't have it all together. We're still asking questions. We're still trying to figure out stuff. We're still having doubts about things. And we need to see that and understand that. And in doing all of this, we can deepen our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. It's all about getting a deeper relationship. What have we been studying about for the past several weeks? A deepening in our knowledge, our personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I can talk to you all day long about this, but it has to do with what you're doing to make sure that you're getting a deeper relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. My words only go so far if you don't believe anything. So we have to kind of recognize that. You have to believe yourself. I can't make you believe. You have to believe yourself. It's about your deepening your own personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And I say this not to take anything for granted because there have been people in church all their lives. And they just sit there and they just listen. And they may not believe anything. It has to start with your faith. It has to start with your premise of what faith is and what it really means and represents. Um, I've seen guys do it. I mean, I'm not picking on guys, but guys don't like to release or share their emotions about anything. And it sometimes it's almost refreshing to hear people who really care about someone just kind of break down and cry a little bit because... Um, I recognize that the other day I was actually listening. Um, uh, I'm, a, I'm a big radio fan. I've listened to radio for many years. Um, 
And so I follow radio relatively closely. Even today, I don't listen to it as much. But Mike Trevisano passed away. He's the local um, radio person. Uh, he, he died suddenly on Thursday. And when I was listening on the radio uh, about what was happening, here's his, the, the, the program director, Ray Davis. He was breaking down in, in, in tears and, and crying as he was talking on the air because Mike wasn't there. He was gone. That was his show that he was supposed to be doing. He died around noon, and he, uh, the show is from 3 to 6. So the, the show turned into a bit of a eulogy. And other people who were there working with him and have worked with him for many years also, these are all men, by the way, not women. They are all men. They all teared up and started crying because death can be a very sudden and shocking thing. But you recognize when someone is here and you hear the news, it's, it's a surreal experience. And when someone leaves us quickly, uh, some emotions do get riled up. And I sometimes I wish more guys would... It's not a wimpy thing to do, everybody. Uh, don't ever, ever believe that it's wimpy. When Jesus wept, when Lazarus was gone, and he was also involved with the emotional response to that, he wept as well, too. He's showing you it's good to get those emotions out and, and process life for what it really is. That's why it's important for us to also recognize, too, that Jesus has our souls taken care of. No matter what happens to us in life or in death, we will live forever. We will live forever. Pardon me? That's the comfort. That is the comfort. We will live forever in all eternity with him because we have knowledge of, a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. We have to recognize that this is what's most important here. And so I want you to deepen your relationship with the Lord. Deepen it in such a way where, honestly, when something happens that's not good, um, he will strengthen encourage, strengthen you and encourage you through the presence of the Spirit. You're going to understand that. You're going to be crying. You're going to be upset about it. You're not going to like what's happening, but you recognize that Jesus is present, and he is going to help you through those tough times. So I wanted to point that out. And we want to be motivated to help one another and worship together. And we're going to talk about this now in verse 25. Um, this is something that's a really, con I don't think it's controversial, but I'm going to read verse 25 in Hebrews 10. We're going to transition to this now. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Now, I personally believe that gathering together, not neglecting to meet, we we've had to do things a lot differently over the last couple of years. Um, stretching from March until uh, we could technically it would be March. Next March will be a couple of years officially, but let's just say a couple of years. We've had to do a different way of church, haven't we? We've had to do different things differently. We have never been restricted uh, from gathering as a church here in Ohio, which has been a real blessing because that word never came down from um, the governor to say that we could not meet. However, we had to take into account the times that we were in, and we had to recognize that safety was a factor, not knowing what we were dealing with as a church or what we were dealing with as uh, illnesses. And knowing that we have a population of people in our church that are, are elderly, we have an elderly population who are more susceptible to illness, we had to take some measures to make sure that we were indeed finding ways to meet and so the, the most prudent things for us to have been doing were to meet here like we're doing right now online and when it was appropriate to meet in church with the old, uh, uh, the seating that was uh, uh, set apart as well too and the wearing of masks and all the things that took place. But what was important here, not neglecting to gather together. We found a way to get it done. Gathering together um, I think for a lot of people, we're concerned about the freedom of, of being able to gather together in different areas, not necessarily here in Ohio, but in different areas where they were restricted from gathering together. And you have to understand that we have a responsibility as a people to make sure that we are being obedient to God's word in the midst of all of this. And so we're encouraging one another as we gather together, aren't we? We're sending messages to each other. We're 
sending texts to each other. We're, we're gathering, gathering together online to encourage each other to make sure that we remain steadfast in this process. Satan does not want us to gather together under any circumstance, whether it be here online or in person, because he knows that that is harmful to a church. It's harmful to a people. And I, I was rather sad to hear about how many churches were just not meeting at all. Uh, well into the year in 2020, and uh, a little, it got a little bit better this year, but still, because of the way the churches were set up, they weren't meeting. So that, in, in many ways there, Satan got a victory. Um, we, we have to recognize that we're in spiritual warfare. And of course, if, if you want to weaken a person's faith, sometimes it's by separating from them from others so that they can't be encouraged. It's an isolation. That's exactly right. Isolation. We are very happy to have been able to meet as a church, get together online as a church, encourage people to stay online with us, those who had the ability to do so. And if they didn't have the ability to do so, then come meet us in church. I mean, that's what we, we strive to do, and that's, it has worked very well. And I'm very prayerful that it will continue that way as we are kind of in a new world right now until we kind of figure out exactly what's going on around us and uh, is there a handle on this thing, uh, viruses, is there a handle on all of this? But remember something that's very important here. We're in spiritual warfare. We're in spiritual warfare. I don't care what you see on the news or on TV, if you're watching the news, um, we're in spiritual warfare. And you have to recognize that that's where the big battle is right now. We do not want to neglect getting together as Christians because it does not allow us to encourage others who need the encouragement. Calling on people for whatever reason, they can't get together. They can't, they're out. It's the same principle. If, you're, if someone is sick or shut in, what do you have to do to get them? Uh, you have to call on them. You have to talk to them. You have to reach out to them. You have to make a phone call and say, you know, how are you doing? How are things going? Uh, that's something that we had to do before all of this was taking place. When people couldn't get out, you had to reach out to them. You had to pray for them. And, and there's nothing different here. It's really the same thing, just in a different packaging, okay? Um, we gather together to share our faith and to strengthen one another in the Lord. That's the purpose of our gathering right now. That's why we're online today. That's why we're here. And we like to believe that when we get done with Sunday school here, and we get done, the messages online, people can go back later and look at this and see it and be encouraged by it. That's the important thing for us to see here. We're trying to do whatever we can to make sure that people are finding a way to get together, send notes to each other, and call each other, encourage each other, and, and we, we have to do this, this as we get closer to the day when Christ is going to return. We've got to do it because we're going to fi face spiritual struggles. We're going to face persecution. There's all kinds of persecution going on right now. I don't. I would hope you could see that. There's persecution taking place right now with the whole idea of having to live in a different way now than we were living before March of 2020. You have to see that. Christ is coming soon. We need to live in such a way where we recognize that Christ is coming soon. So... Anti-Christian forces will grow in strength. I, I truly believe the year 2020, um, this is just me, I, I just believe that Satan's, the anti-Christian forces were just unleashed. Uh, you just have to kind of come to that conclusion based upon where things are right now. And we can't allow us to miss church or miss time with church because of difficulties. These difficulties that we're experiencing today are not unlike the, the difficulties that were being experienced back in the day, the early days of the church, where people were meeting in caves, people were meeting in homes. Um, they may not have been meeting in churches themselves. They were meeting, but they were gathering together. That's the important part. We have the ability to gather together electronically. What a blessing that is. If we didn't have that, guess what we'd have to be doing? gathering in caves, gathering in homes, wherever we could get together because that was just, that's just the nature of how things were going. Make an effort to be faithful. Be faithful in attendance. 
Be faithful in prayer. Be faithful in making sure you're calling on others, the brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ who are having difficulty. This is a difficult time. And this is actually going to set up for us for the next lesson about what's going on as far as what we should be doing personally and how we should be responding to those the very things. We have to recognize if Jesus Christ is Lord, we need to live in such a way where he is Lord of our lives. Not just a plaything, not just somebody we go to um, as a matter of convenience, not playing games with Jesus Christ, but living in such a way where we truly are learning more about who he is, what his word represents for us, and making sure that as we gather together, as we encourage one another, we fully trust him. We encourage each others and show others how much we trust him. Encourage them in the same way. When they're falling short, when they're falling to the side, encourage them. Pray for them. Pray for them to have strength. Pray for them to persevere. Pray for them to have endurance. That's what this whole passage is about here in Hebrews 10 verses 19 through 25. We have a high priest in Jesus Christ where we have assurance to be in the most holy place. And that's where he will be when we meet him when we leave here. And we have that path to him because we believe in him. Live in such a way where we're honoring the Lord Jesus Christ in everything that we're doing. Encourage one another. Pray for one another. Think not so much about yourself, but think about others. You can think about yourself, but think about others as well as you live for Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time that you set aside for us once again to honor you, to look to you, to praise you, to worship you. And Lord, we invite you in our very presence all day long now as we go to and fro, as we move about, for those of us who are gathering in church later today, we thank you, Lord, for the ability to gather together. And for those who are not able to gather with us in church, Lord, may your word nevertheless encourage them as they stay tuned here online and look at the message for today as well, too. Lord, we just thank you for caring for our very souls, our very lives. We do not know what we could do without you. And we know we couldn't do anything without you. But we thank you, Lord, for your sacrifice for us, for what you have done for us, and for your continually reassuring us and teaching us daily how we are to live for you. Bless us and keep us, O Lord. We give you thanks and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Yes. Oh, when you go online today and look at Gus's message, because he toiled into the night to get that message uploaded, uh, give some likes and comments on that. That's a great reminder. Thank you for doing that. Look at his message. <laughs> Amen. Don't neglect it. It's, it's for everyone who can't get to church. We want to make sure that we're providing a full scope of worship and praise in our weekly presentations. And so please... Likes and comments on his message, please do that. I, I appreciate you mentioning that. Encourage Thank you. Pastor. Encourage your pastor. <laughs> Amen. Uh, thanks for being here, everybody. God bless you all. Take care of yourselves. For those of you who are in Akron, we'll see you in church in a little while. For those of you who are not in Akron, please have a blessed day. Enjoy yourselves today. Take the Lord with you wherever you go. Take care of yourselves, and we'll see you next time.